0: I feel it prone to leave the God I love Here's my heart oh take and seal it seal it for thy courts above amen amen let us turn to Psalm 100 Psalm 100 Beginning in verse 1, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you already for the hymns and for the psalms that we've been able to sing. We thank you for the reading of thy word. We thank you, Lord, for this hundredth psalm. We pray, dear God, that, Lord, now you would settle our hearts and our minds. We pray that you'd be merciful to us and reveal unto us the blessings contained in these verses. Five short verses, Lord, which speak of unsearchable riches that we have in God. Lord, we do pray as well for our family, the Stongard's, pray that you'd bless them and help them in their sadness and their illness. We pray for the Peck family. Lord, that you'd watch over our dear sister during this time of loss. And yet, Lord, we rejoice that, Lord, yet another saint has entered into the gates of heaven into his eternal rest. Lord, we pray, dear God, that you'd help us to be reminded in the light of all these things of what the psalmist declares unto us. This divine summons to come into your presence with singing. And Lord, we know now yet of another saint who is now literally in thy eternal presence ever to sing thy praises. He's resting from his works and he's bathing and rejoicing in thy eternal sunlight and love. And Lord, we rejoice. Lord, we ask now, Father, that you would Be with us, guide us, and direct us, for we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Before we begin this morning, I'd just like to make a comment that, though I blame no one, since we all have the Word of God to read and study of ourselves, when as a young believer in Christ, I cannot recall any time that I was instructed on giving praise and thanksgiving to God. Oh, I had read many books on the method and the formalities of worship, sleep forsaken. Neglected, maybe even forgot with all their endless debates and schisms on the formalities and the forms. They've lost, I believe, in many ways, the very object of our praise and thanksgiving that we owe to God. That which inspires us to praise Him and thank Him. You can play the most wonderful instrument in the world. Yeah. You can choose the psalteries or the hymns. You can have the greatest melody of a voice that anyone could ever have. Right. And yet, if we're not singing thanksgiving and praise solely unto God, all those things are in vain. As I studied this passage of Scripture again this past week, there was times I even wondered if I ever really truly, since I've been converted, if I have ever really truly praised God with thanksgiving as I ought. I found myself wanting. I pray that the Lord would help us this morning as we look at this 100th Psalm because it is particular. It is extremely rare. It is unique of itself above all other Psalms because before I get ahead of myself, the object of which we are to praise and thank God for is God Himself. There's no calling of instruments in this Psalm. There's no calling of all the benefits God's given us. There's nothing of that sort The psalm calls on us and summons us into the presence of God to thank Him for who He is. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Sovereign authority over our lives. He made us, He created us, He has sovereign authority in every aspect of our life. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Therefore, enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise, and be thankful unto Him, not for anything received, but be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. Though there are many psalms which encourage and exhort God's people to the praise and thanksgiving of God, this 100th psalm is in many ways, or in many ways, stands above them all. For while other psalms encourages us to remember all His benefits, and therefore encourages us to praise and thank Him, Psalm 103, for example. And while others would instruct us in the use of stringed instruments, the psaltery, the harp, and other instruments, to use these things to sing praise and thanksgiving unto God. Yet in this 100th Psalm, it's not His many benefits under us, nor the instructions on instruments which divinely summons us as true believers into God's presence with singing and praise and thankfulness, but solely our knowing and acknowledging that the Lord, He is God, our Creator, our Maker, and our Redeemer. That's the sole object of praise and thanksgiving in this hundredth Psalm which I believe exalts this psalm far above all the others. And I believe it's the very heart of all true worship, praise, and thanksgiving. God Himself, and not His many benefits unto us, nor with the sounds of instruments in our hand, is the object of all our praise, and thanksgiving in this glorious psalm. Know ye that the Lord Jehovah, He is God, Elohim, covenant God. Though all His benefits should excite our hearts to praise and thankfulness, as Psalm 103 encourages us, It is beloved, the divine benefactor, the giver of those benefits, which greatly exalts our thanksgiving and praise in Psalm 100. It's God. We praise God for who he is and what he has done in us by making us his people and the sheep of his pasture submitting to his authority for he has made us and i'm excited about getting deeper into this passage of scripture which today i'll only be able to scratch the surface but it's submitting ourselves to his authority he is, it is he that has made us he created psalm david said i was wonderfully made he's made us Not we ourselves. He has divine authority over every aspect of our life. And we submit ourselves to that authority no matter what God divinely ordains for our lives. Whether it be good or bad, evil or happiness, sadness or joy. It's His divine authority to do with us as He wishes. And we submit to that. And in doing so, we bring praise and thanksgiving unto God. You see, the praise and thanksgiving Christians offer unto God is a strange sound, a strange melody to the sinner. And many times in our lives, dearly beloved, in the most darkest of our hours, it's this acknowledging that He is Lord, that He is God, that He is this divine sovereign authority over our lives. That we're His people and the sheep of His pasture that lifts our hearts out of the depths of sadness and sorrow and helps us to fix our hearts and our minds on the eternal God who is our God. It's amazing that when you look through Scripture, in many cases it's the believer's worship of God that the world hates and despises. Daniel. It was for his praying unto God, his devotion unto God, that they sought to throw him to the lion's den. The three Hebrew children would not dance to the worldly idle music of the heathens. They were loyal to their God in worshiping only Him. And by the rivers of Babylon, the captivity, the captors, they were they were constrained to sing a song of Zion. Because even the heathen knew the place of worship and singing of praise in the lives of the Israelites. Sing us a song, they said. And even now, dearly beloved, I believe this is one of the greatest problems and errors and failures of the church. Is bringing to God that worship, that praise, and that thanksgiving which is most honoring to Him. The Christian life is barren and empty and vain if we know not how to praise God in all aspects of our lives. If we can only praise God while we're on the mountain and not while we're in the valley, we know not our God. The psalmist would have us lift up our hearts and our minds to the eternal heavens. Know ye... That the Lord he is God. It is he that maketh. That made us. Not we ourselves. He's divine authority over our life. We are his people. He can do with us what he wishes. And he loves us enough. And has passion and tenderness towards us. Because we're the sheep of his pasture. You see how he begins in the highest heaven. And he brings it down to where. We're the sheep of his pasture. And with all that glorious thoughts. He says now. With all that, now enter into his gates with praise, with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Serve the Lord with gladness. He began in verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. You know what gladness means? Let me give an introduction to verse 3 by that word gladness. Gladness means an agreeable mental sensation arising from conscious possession of or from hope of enjoying something pleasant and valuable. Let me read that again because it's worth thinking about. Gladness is an agreeable mental sensation arising from conscious possession Of or from hope of enjoying something pleasant and valuable. I wonder what pleasant and valuable is for the Christian. It's God. Mm. And the expression thereof in praise. That's what gladness means. And therefore, verse 3 begins, Know ye therefore, if you're serving him with gladness and coming... Before his presence was singing, then know ye that the Lord, he is God. Beloved, herein is where all true praise and thanksgiving must find its beginning, its very source, its fountain. And which alone shall allow entrance into God's gates and into his courts. Do you know that? Not everyone is allowed into the gates in the courts of God, according to the psalmist. Only those who come knowing that He is the Lord God, that He made us and not we ourselves, that we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Therefore we enter with gladness and singing. No somber, gloomy, or murmuring soul shall be allowed entrance into his gates and into his courts. Yet, someone might ask, how can the true believer, who is often distressed by many hardships and trials in this present life, in a world that lieth with wickedness, a world that hateth us, Where we're persecuted and afflicted on all sides, how are we ever able to secure within our hearts such gladness and singing of praise and thanksgiving? How is such a thing possible? I'm glad you asked, because the psalmist gives us the answer. It's not in our circumstances, it's not in our situations. It's in how we, in our hearts and our minds by faith, view God. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Here it is. By knowing and being assured that the Lord Jehovah is God. Point one. Second point. By his sovereign and absolute authority over all things concerning us, it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. You see what the psalmist is doing? He's giving us the reasons why or how we can rise above all those hardships and trials and find reasons and grounds for rejoicing. He is the Lord God. Not only that, he he has a sovereign authority over all my life. It is he that made us. He made us. And not we ourselves. He governs our lives. Do you know God has sovereign authority over your life and over my life? And he does with us what he chooses. He's the potter. We're the clay. A believer takes comfort in that. Nothing happens to me by accident. Nothing happens to me by fate. Everything that happens in my life is by divine authority of God. Because he's the Lord God. So you see how the psalmist is building on that? This is where our reason for gladness and singing and praise and thanksgiving comes. Because He's God and He has authority over our life. But there's also a third one, which is twofold. Because we're His people and the sheep of His pasture. His people by sovereign right. You're my people. I like how the psalmist says that first. We are His people by sovereign right and redemption. By right and redemption. You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God. We are His by sovereign right and redemption. And we're His sheep brought into His fold, where the shepherd takes tender care of His own. With that threefold assurance, is how the believer enters into the gates with thanksgiving and induced courts with praise, with gladness and singing. That threefold assurance, dearly beloved, rises us above all things in life and sets a spirit of gladness and singing and praise and thanksgiving in our hearts. Within these divine truths lies more than enough blessings to turn the deepest mourning heart into the greatest Gladness. It's God. We don't have a right view and understanding of God, is why we're constantly sad. He's God. He made us. We're His people, the sheep of His pasture. This creates within our hearts the highest praise and thanksgiving. For within these gates and in these courts, beloved, all temporal things are lost. Why God and his infinite sovereignty, power and love reign supremely. It doesn't make those outward afflictions and trials go away. It lifts our hearts and our minds above them to give Him ultimate praise and thanksgiving. You know, I was talking to my wife yesterday, maybe because I'm getting older and more sensible to the things of this temporal life and possibly eternity. If natural things take effect, I'm closer to dying than I was 40 years ago. But it makes me wonder sometimes in the occupation that I have in the world and the secular job and working in the nursing home. When a man or a woman comes to the end of their life, I really believe you see how they lived. You do. You see how they lived. If they lived a life with Christ and were always drawing near to God, growing in grace and in the knowledge of the end of their life reflects that. But if not, the end of their life reflects that as well. I'm coming to find out it's not so much how you live which proves your love and devotion and knowledge of God, but how you die which shows how much you know and love God. It is God which gives the child of God A heart of praise and thanksgiving, which makes every temporal trial and affliction and suffering you might be facing to be nothing but for a moment. A twinkling of the eye. And instead of working against you, Paul said, it works for you. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, for it helps us to set our eyes on things that are not seen. And not things that are seen. Psalm 16, 11, The psalmist said, Thou shalt show me the path of life. There it is. Thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence. It's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. You'll show me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. In thy presence. What's he saying? He's talking about temporal and then eternal. The path of life. God shows me. And when that path of life comes to an end, uh, then I'll be in the presence of Him where there is fullness of joy. What child of God does not look forward to that? At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Let me ask you, who's sitting at the right hand of God? At thy right hand, Christ, there are pleasures forevermore. You see that? The path of life in eternity. Therefore, the psalmist says, know ye. is amazing how just those two words? Right. It's as though the psalmist is saying the Lord will not be praised in ignorance. You speak of gladness, yes, you serve the Lord with gladness. You come before His presence with singing. You do so with a knowledge of God, not ignorance. Nor can there be true thankfulness where God Himself is not the sole object of such thanksgiving. It has to be God Himself. It's something like the Lord said to the multitude when He fed them and they were filled And they were following Get a multitude, most Baptist preachers, to say let's baptize them all and get them joined in the church and let's get them serving God. And the Lord turned around and said, you don't follow me because of the miracle. You don't follow me because of what you saw. You follow me simply because you were fed and you're satisfied. You just wanted some temporal blessing. And a lot of people do that even now at this very moment. At many churches, they're seeking temporal blessings. The songs, the praises are all centered around man, around me. Help me feel good. Help my sensations feel good. Help me to be able to feel satisfied in myself. Let it be about me. But scriptures are different. The scriptures say, no, if you really want to know the blessedness of happiness and gladness and singing... Let it be all about God, not you. Let it be about God. Know ye. As though there was maybe a possibility that some people he was speaking to didn't realize that. When I consider all the years that I stood in church on Sunday mornings and sang the hymns and the songs and whatever, and I did it in blind ignorance. I mean, I sang them because it made me feel good. I, I sang them because it made me, it would lifted me up a little bit and made me feel happy for the moment. But my question is, was it for God and to God or for myself and to me to make me feel better? God alone is the object of all our praise and thanksgiving. And most Christians will say, well, that's just, that's just normal, isn't it? I mean, that's just to be expected, isn't it? The question of it is, is He? Is He? When we sit here Sunday mornings and sing the psalms and sing the hymns, is God the object of our praise? Or are we looking for some kind of sentimental, emotional comfort for ourselves? I love that hymn when it says, at the end of it, in eternity, I'll be lost in wonder, love, and praise. Be lost in wonder, love, and praise. <clears throat> Many there be who sing praises with their lips and on instruments, yet whose praise is for their own selfish pleasure and not for God Himself. Be careful, dearly beloved, because we're all tempted to do that. When we come into the service, when we come into the worship service, and the week has been hard and we've been run down by trials and afflictions, and we're facing many afflictions, we come in looking for some kind of a comfort for ourselves rather than looking to glorify God. The psalmist tells us, No, know ye that He is Lord God. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. He's the maker of us, not ourselves. We're his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now, enter into his gates. Many there be who express thankfulness, yet only when they receive good things for themselves, but not for the Lord God himself. I'm thankful for the Lord himself. I'm praising God for the Lord himself, for who he is. Like I said earlier, true praise and thankfulness unto God is not dependent nor in accordance to our circumstances and situations in life. If they are, we're not praising and thanking God biblically. I think that's why the the psalmist says, know ye. He puts an emphasis on that before it even begins. You need to know this. Our praise and thanksgiving unto God must stem from God himself. This is why I'm saddened by the fact that there's so many people sitting in churches this morning that are not being instructed in the truths of God. They're not being fed. And they're being taught that a superficial drumming up of emotions is how we best enjoy God. But that doesn't work because when they find themselves deep in trial and distress and the music's not playing, they find no comfort. They find no joy. They find no confidence, no assurance. That's why the psalmist says, serve the Lord with gladness. Yes. Come into his presence with singing. Yes. But while you do that, know that the Lord, he is God. Mm. You see there? That's the anchor. For the singing and the gladness. That's the fountain. (laughs) That's the source of all that. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. He is that made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That's sufficient. Well, Lord, if I only had this trouble taken away. No, because there'll be a hundred more to meet you. Lord, if I only got through this trial, I'd be Okay. No, because there's a thousand more waiting for you. Certainly. Christian pilgrims through this life, his praise, his thanksgiving, his joy, his gladness, his singing is all because of God. It's all found in God. My circumstances cannot dictate to me how I praise my God. If they do, I'm not trusting God enough. I'm telling you, when you find yourself in a deep trial or affliction, I'll fly away. We'll never pull you out of that, even though it says you're flying away. No. But try, try singing one of the psalms. Yeah. Try singing one of the old hymns. I keep imagining our dear brother who passed this morning and wondering and is praying. Woke up at 1 o'clock this morning, couldn't go back to sleep, and spent most of that time till 4 o'clock praying and for not just him, but others that are suffering. And But it came to me, and I thought, I hope and pray that maybe within his heart there was a melody such as, Abide with me, fast falls the even tide. Amen, brother. Amen. Right. What an amazing comfort. Fast falls the even tide of death. <laughs> That's good. Thou that changest not. Abide with me. Change and decay in all around I see. And it does. My dear brother was yesterday 20. He's now in the gates of heaven. Thou that changest not. Abide with me. That's it. It's it's about God. That's why we encourage you all to read scripture, read scripture, meditate, pray over it, read scripture, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because as you do, your love and adoration and praise and thanksgiving <clears throat> excuse me, for God will be greatly exalted. And you'll find that circumstances and situations in life, though sometimes they <coughs> excuse me, cause us to maybe Kind of stumble a little bit. Maybe kind of feel a little weakened at the knees. When we begin singing praises, we find that strength again. We find that confidence again. God is our refuge and a very present help in time of need. Through the mountains, all that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Amazing. What happens when our faith is even Deeper. Into God and who He is. Know ye. Again, what's know ye mean? Know ye means to perceive with certainty, to understand clearly, to have a clear and certain perception of truth, fact of anything that actually exists. To know a thing pre-includes all doubt or uncertainty of its existence. Know ye. That's what the psalmist is saying. And he's saying it to those who are serving the Lord with gladness and who are coming before His presence with singing. He says, carry this with you when you go in. Always. Always let these words be with you. Oh, that we might meditate and memorize... Psalm 100. So that we might be reminded in the deepest, darkest hours of our lives what true praise and thanksgiving is and what gladness and singing brings. It's God. And true faith is the highest form of knowledge. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is see that Hebrews eleven must believe that he is first, then and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not the rewards first. No, <laughs> must believe that God is. He is. Know ye that the Lord Jehovah, he is God. The Lord Jehovah. Creator of all things, is now in and through Christ Jesus, listen to me, my God. Elohim, covenant-keeping God. Know that the Lord, Jehovah, He is God. Elohim, covenant-keeping God. This Jehovah God is now in and through Christ, my God. Christ said to to Mary when He was uh, raised from the dead, He said, Go unto the other disciples, tell them I I arise, I ascend to my God and to your God. Never said that before. Now he's your God. He's my God and your God. I fear too few truly know the immeasurable comforts and blessings which come from such assurance that the Lord, he is God. My God. He's my God. He's my God. (coughs) The divine evidence, dearly beloved or fruit of our truly knowing that the Lord, He is God, will be manifested by the quality and measure of our praise and thanksgiving of God in all aspects and circumstances of our lives. Both the good and the bad, both in our living and especially in our dying. For along with this divine knowledge comes the assurance and humble submission to his divine authority. Listen to the words of the psalmist again. And I'm I'm looking forward. We'll just give you a foretaste of next week. I really want to dissect verse 3, if I can use that term for lack of a better one. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. And then he brings it down another level. It's as though, you know, most people start with their problems. They start with themselves. You never start with yourself. You start with God. You know why we have so many troubles believing and, and finding the comfort in God is because we start with our problems. We don't start with God. Start with God. When you're ailing, when you have trouble, when you have afflictions in life or whatever, start with God by acknowledging in your prayer and in your hearts, with the Word of God upon your hearts and minds, acknowledge God who He is, that He is Jehovah God, that He is the God that reigneth, that He is the ultimate Creator. and Start with God, and then by the time you come down to your problems, they're so little and insignificant that you'll say, Lord, I have not been given... The punishment or judgment that I truly deserve. Amen. You've been more than bountiful to me, more than merciful to me. Amen. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth unto all generations. You start with God. And notice how he brings it down. Know you that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. What's it mean by made us? Well, he made us, which means he has the authority, the sovereign authority to do with us what he wishes and how he wishes. The evidence of that is seen in Job. You remember Job 1? Where it said that after all these calamities came upon him at the end of chapter 1, said he fell down and worshipped. He worshipped. What did he say? The Lord giveth. And the Lord taketh away. Blessed? It Sound like Psalm 100, huh? Bless his name? Blessed be the Lord. What's, what's Job doing? Job saying, not only is he the Lord God, but he made me. He has the right to do with me and what I have and what I own. He has the right to do with it, what he wishes. If he chooses to take it from me, that's his sovereign authoritative right to do that. You see that? You see how the believer submits and finds comfort in that? He has the sovereign right and authority over all my life. Every circumstance and every situation, both good and bad. To do as he sovereignly chooses. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that had made us and not we ourselves. Then he brings it down a step even lower. We are his people. Do you know who we used to belong to? I believe Isaiah says something in regards to Christ's redemptive work, he shall give him a people. We're his people. By right of sovereign redemption. I've been bought with a price, and you know what? Nobody else can outbeat his price. My father, which gave them thee, is greater than all and no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. And that reference, no man is not even yourself. You've been bought. We are his people. And he brings it down to our level, if I so may say, in the sheep of his pasture. A shepherd takes tender care of his dumb sheep. And so, with that, now the psalmist says, with that known, now enter into the gates, his gates, with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and be thankful unto him and bless his name. See that? The whole psalm, sinners are focused solely upon God and what he, through Christ, has done for us and is doing in us. It gives him sovereign right over all creation. Make a joyful noise noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. And then it brings it down to say, this sovereign God is now your covenant-keeping God. And this sovereign God has authority over your life. Nothing can happen to you without his divine authority. Nothing. Nothing. Because you're his people and the sheep of his pasture. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth. You never noticed that that word endureth is in italics. It's only found in King James, and I love that because it's exactly what the psalmist is saying. It endureth. Why? Because it has a lot of opposition. And you know what? The same truth that we're reading in this one is the same truth our forefathers read. Isn't that amazing? They all read it. They all found comfort. It endureth unto all generations. Beloved, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Therefore, serve him with gladness, and come before his presence with singing. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, how it enlightens us. And Lord, reveals unto us things we knew not before. Lord, we have often failed greatly. In bringing you the praise and thanksgiving. Which is due to your holy name. Help us, Father, we pray. That we might prepare our hearts. As the psalmist instructs us. Before entering into your gates. May we consider these things. And Lord, when we do, I pray that, Father, we'd meet together on Sundays. As thy people. As the sheep of thy pasture. And I pray we'd enter into your gates as one with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise maybe be thankful unto your name <clears throat> and bless you Father Lord I pray that you would now be with our Stongwood family pray that you would bless them physically and spiritually do pray for our dear sister Debbie comfort her in this hour Lord we pray and ask you dear Lord that you'd help us all to be prepared to meet you Lord be honored and glorified in all that we say and do for we ask these things in Christ's name Amen Amen.